Welcome to the Reluctant Messenger podcast, where we discuss spiritually transformative events, encounters with angels and guides, out-of-body explorations, and much more. This episode originally aired as a video on my YouTube channel. You can find links on my website at candacesanderson.com. My name is Candace Sanderson, and before we get started, I want to share my gratitude to everyone who has supported me on my journey from being a pragmatic, analytical psychologist to, well, to whatever I am now, which is anything but that. My accidental journey into the world of energy, the world of spirit, has changed me. But before we start talking about dreams, I want to announce the publication of a new series of books called From the Reluctant Messenger. So far, there's five books, and some of them have been excerpted from my first book, The Reluctant Messenger, but I've reworked them to be standalone books. So if you're looking for a short read on a variety of spiritual subjects, the ebooks are just under $3. Back to today's episode. In the first episode on dreaming, I shared some precognitive dreams that I had had, and I shared some information on dreaming from the messengers. In the second episode, I covered, well, you can't cover it, it's a big subject, but I did talk about lucid dreaming. And this episode, before we dive in, I want to recap some of the tricks of the trade that I shared, plus some suggestions from people who have emailed me telling me what works for them in both dream recall and lucid dreaming. And I thank you, the audience, for taking the time to email me. You can find my contact information on CandiceSanderson.com. But first of all, we have to remember our dreams, right? I'll share some tricks on doing that, but here's a little secret. We really do not have to remember our dreams to program dreaming to work for us. But when we do remember them, it reinforces that programming. It encourages us to do more. Plus, it's entertaining. It's a lot of fun. With lucid dreams, We have to learn to wake up during the dream, but then we have to maintain that sweet spot where we can interact with our dreams. Perhaps we want to use our dreams to initiate an out-of-body experience, or maybe we need it to do a practice run for the next day's important meeting at work. But we need to do all of this without fully awakening ourselves out of the dream. So let's look at some of these suggestions. First, start with an intention, an intention that you will remember your dreams. Here's one trick that I shared. Using your dominant hand, in my case, it's my right hand, tap your forehead, that's your third eye, as you state the intention before you drift off to sleep. Make it simple, make it easy. I will remember my dreams. Or better yet, because when you say, I will remember, it indicates you do not. You say, 
I remember my dreams. I also shared the Expand app from Monroe Institute that I spoke about in the last episode on lucid dreaming. That is the app that allowed me to have three consecutive nights of lucid dreaming. The intention that Luigi uses in the 90-minute selection called lucid dreaming is this. The next time I dream, I will recognize that I am dreaming and I will be in full control of my awareness. Let me repeat it. The next time I dream, I will recognize that I'm dreaming and I will be in full control of my awareness. Using Monroe Institute's Expand app is great. It's been wonderful for me. I've always said that using that type of technology is what I call the lazy person's way to meditate. You don't have to do anything. You just put on headphones, you sit back, and you let those frequencies take you where you need to go. In other words, you allow. But what else does this do? It offers your brain a different way of perceiving incoming stimuli. Okay, here's that disclaimer. This is my interpretation, not that of Monroe Institute. But the selections on the Expand app, they help you set up different patterns, often patterns in the brain that are new. And this is what I love. The messengers have repeatedly told me that once you connect with another energy system, when you make a connection to something that's non-physical that you haven't before, that the initial connection, once you make that first one, that initial connection is always there. And it's just waiting for us to reconnect. And as I'm saying this, I'm getting a flash in my mind. It's like if you have an airplane and you're landing in a small airport, you get close enough and then you see the runway lights light up and you know exactly where to go. This is what it's like. When you make that first connection, you turn on those runway lights and they're always there once you tune in and find that frequency. But with each subsequent connection that you make, that link gets stronger. Those runway lights get brighter. In other words, these frequencies with the Expand app are training wheels allowing us to explore. Once we've been there, done that, we no longer require as much or significant support from the app. Our brain already knows how to get there. And that's another message I've received over time. In fact, in The Reluctant Messenger, I have an entire chapter, chapter two called Good Vibrations, where the messengers go into detail how the brain doesn't think. Instead, it is like a radio tuner, and we can use it and learn how to fine-tune our receptors. We can learn how to access new and subtle signals. Once I started viewing the world through the lens of energy, it took the woo-woo out of many of the things that I thought were psychic. It's not woo-woo. It's simple logic and physics. When we look 
in at the world in terms of energy, vibrations, frequencies. Whatever techniques work best for you, let me know. Email or comment below and let me know what's worked for you. But as far as intentions go, make your intentions simple and straightforward. Make them easy to remember. It's not the words as much as the energy behind the words. That's what's important. The energy. That's the intention. That energy of the intention becomes an organizing principle, allowing the unmanifested to manifest. Let me say that again. That energy becomes an organizing principle, allowing the unmanifested to manifest. The reason I repeated that, these were words from the messengers about intentions and energy. So I know it's important. We want to start with an intention. Next, be prepared to document your dream. You can do this by either having a notebook and a pen or pencil next to your bedside. Jot down keywords or draw a picture. Some find it easier to record the dream. Text it to yourself or use a recording app and voice it. Whatever works for you. Experiment with it. Play around. See what's easiest for you. Once you start recording your dreams, whether you voice record or write them down, you've just cracked the door to dream awareness. That will allow more dream information to flood into your waking state. Your dreams will become more accessible. We all dream. We all dream multiple times a night. Another suggestion to help with dream recall is to change your sleep by 15 minutes. 15 minutes more or 15 minutes less. And then you might find that you're waking in a different part of your dream cycle, and you might be able to access those dreams a little easier. If when you wake up, that dream starts to fade, immediately lie back down. When I return to bed and lie on my left side, I'll take a few deep breaths, and it's like I'm sinking back into that dream. And aspects of the dream come back. I can just slip into it. Others say to return to the same position you were when you woke. Try both of them. What works best for you? Here are a few suggestions that others sent to me. One person said, drink several glasses of water before you go to bed at night. That forces you to wake up at night. And if you have your journal or your phone ready to record or waiting for you even in the bathroom, then you can document this. Drinking lots of water before bedtime will work well to force you out of bed. Let me share a few specifics for lucid dreaming. Throughout your waking state, ask yourself several times during the day, am I dreaming? You can program yourself to ask this Throughout the day, maybe every time you look at your watch or you look at your phone or you look at a clock, every time you glance at the time, ask yourself, am I dreaming? Some say that doing this during your waking state, it makes it easier for you to wake up during the dream and say, am I dreaming? But you can answer yes 
then you're into that lucid dreaming. And that's when you want to maintain that level so that you can either just observe your dreams or take charge of them and change them in a way that would help you. What happens when we're free to dream each night? Sometimes we make discoveries. In my first book, The Reluctant Messenger, in the chapter called I Dreamed a Dream, I talked about dreams being that interface between reality on earth and the possibilities contained in the next dimension. The dream state is perfect because it's judgment-free. We can get as much insight as we want, a lot more insight that is not available during our waking hours because during our waking hours, we start judging the information as it comes in. Our egos are pushed aside and we don't have that judgment. Google how many different inventions and discoveries and creative works of art that have originated from dreams. The discovery of the periodic table, the scientific method, the theory of evolution by natural selection, proof that nerves transmit signals chemically. There's just so many mathematical theories. And remember how the sewing machine was invented? Back in the mid-1800s, Elijah Howe dreamed he was being attacked by cannibals who were stabbing him repeatedly with spears that had a hole in the tip. He woke up and there was the invention of the sewing machine. There's so many books and films. Remember the Beatles album yesterday? Robert Louis Stevenson's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. They were all products of their dreams. I learned so many valuable lessons through my dreams, and that has enriched my life. I'm thankful for my awareness, at least for some of these activities, and the possibilities that they present themselves throughout dreams, but they don't or would not have because I would have judged them if it was during the waking state. When we push our judgments aside, our egos aside, we find that dreams are offering us a different perspective. We may not become great inventors, or we may not produce brilliant pieces of art, but we might discover new thoughts on a subject. Maybe these thoughts didn't even cross our minds during the waking state, but they appeared to us during the dream state. But let that be your intention when dreaming, open to all possibilities. Let's test our own theories. Let's not be constrained by our rational, logical minds. Let your dreams help you discover novel associations, stuff that we wouldn't consider while we were awake. You see, dreaming allows our creative nature to blossom. And we will see old information in a new light. The messengers have often shared with me a different interpretation of an older dream. Let me share an example. I have always loved dreams about flying. Sometimes I'm a pilot on, of an aircraft. Other times I'm like superwoman just flying. But when I wake up from these dreams, I feel so alive. And I really just think I can go outside and just take flight. I had a dream in 2003, and because I keep a dream journal, 
that is very long, almost 250,000 words long, I can go back and review aspects of dreams from years before. So I had this 2003 dream. I am standing on a football field that is suspended in deep space. Throughout this landscape, there are eight or nine groups, small groups of people learning to fly. And my instructor was teaching me this float and glide technique. So in a superwoman style, I'm lifting four or five feet off the ground. And after I'm comfortable with this height, I slowly glided across the field. No matter how much I tried, as I got to the edge of the platform, I lost altitude. And I understood that as I got closer to the edge, I was fearful of falling. My fear prevented me from maintaining my flight, the altitude of my flight. When I had this dream back in 2003, it it was so easy to figure this out. I needed to face my fears. I needed to learn to trust myself. In 2013, almost 10 years later, the messengers offered a different interpretation. I'm going to read this from the book, I Dreamed a Dream. There is more to this dream than this one understood. This is a multifaceted lesson. This one, that's me, has reached the stage where she can perceive more meaning from this dream. Initially, this one knew that it was an analogy of life, recognizing that fear can prevent her from achieving her highest desires. We say now there is a different interpretation. The dream can be viewed from another perspective, for she is ready to hear it now. Humans drop their physical bodies when leaving the earth plane of existence. The true self is energy. Traveling without the physical body is accomplished with heartfelt intention, but that takes practice. It is thought-generated travel. Thoughts are not produced by the brain, but received by the brain, and it requires laser-like focus to be successful. It takes training. Such training occurred in the 2003 dream as this one practiced thought-generated travel. Vibrations associated with fear will prevent instant travel. Just as fear lowered this one's body in the dream when she attempted to fly, all lower vibrational emotions such as fear, hate, anger, and jealousy will keep humans from achieving their goals and flying. When humans enter higher dimensional spaces, the lighter energies of laughter, humor, love, and gratitude aid thought-generated travel. The dream is preparing this one to travel in other dimensions. Her energy body will be ready for flight. All she will need is to smile and breathe from the heart space, and she will be travel-worthy. The dream she had many years ago represent a lesson meant for two dimensions, the earth plane as well as the after earth plane. It was a dream about learning to manipulate energy to help with flight 
by increasing the vibratory rate of the energy body. Okay, first of all, this was December 13th, 2013. I had just started channeling a few months before, at the end of August in 2013. I was really learning a lot. But I remember being fascinated by this message. And I wondered, who is this from? As soon as I wondered that, I had this flash of recognition. And I had this understanding that this message originated from another energy group whose purpose was to illuminate the path of knowledge. And on the next page, the message continues. Human state, when the student is ready, the teacher will come. We say when the traveler is ready, the path of knowledge will be illuminated. That is why we are called guides, for we guide your journey. As this one's channel widens, more energy groups can communicate. This is probably where my work on dreams really changes from other people's. It separates my experiences from the more traditional interpretations. Again, I had just been channeling for a few months. And this was another group of messengers who came to me. All of this was so new, but I was learning so much information. I realized that that initial dream from 10 years before could be interpreted the way I did, that fear would prevent me from achieving my goals. But this interpretation was very practical. I was being given an opportunity to experience thought-generated travel. It was a way of preparing me to do this when I'm not on the earth plane. When I'm in the middle of dreaming, it means when I'm having an out-of-body experience. It means when it's time for me to drop my physical form and my soul, my spirit, whatever you want to call it, moves to another dimensional space. I'm not going to need a lot of practice. I'm already going to know how to do this. After this message, I found myself in the middle of classes about dreaming, not in the waking state, but within my dreams. Let me ask a question. I've asked many people this. Now I'm no longer surprised by the answers. The question is, have you ever had dreams where you're in a lecture hall and you find yourself surrounded by large numbers of people? You know some of them. But there are a lot of people that you don't recognize. Ask others about this. How many others will recall dreams like this? Are we in our soul group? I have no idea. Well, I actually do have some idea because this was the beginning of lessons on dream classes. But what's important to remember is that all of us are in these classes. We may not remember them. For whatever reasons, the messengers made sure I was awake, that I was lucid during these dreams on lessons about dreaming. And if I was not lucid or as lucid as I maybe should have been during the dreams, the messengers came to me during the waking state to fill in the gaps to explain, to demonstrate the purpose of these dreaming classes. Why do so many people have these dreams? 
the messengers told me these dream classes had different purposes. So this is really a good place for me to end. It's time for me to say goodbye. I'm going to pull in some of these classes and describe them next time. The different classes that I participated in. So that will be the next episode. I want to end by how I began with thanking you for your support. I welcome you to share, to like, to subscribe. Remember to always use kind words. Follow the wisdom of your heart. We can make our world a better place by listening to the wisdom within. So until next time, goodbye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Reluctant Messenger. I hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, remember, how we use our personal energy is what defines us. Bring in those vibrations of love and gratitude and see how your life will change.